Thank you so much for tuning in to episode three, season two of Talk Diaries, where we will be discussing the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, and how it has been impacting small creative business owners like Jake and Tabitha McAnally. I'm so excited to have them on this week's episode of Talk Diaries. Jake has been talking about this virus for months before it was ever a pandemic, before it was ever on anyone's radar. Something about this virus caught his attention and now it's caught the world's attention. So let's listen to the journey of Jake and Tabitha as they first discovered the coronavirus in their own lives and how it is currently impacting their business and other businesses around the world. You guys, it's going to get worse before it gets better, but we've always been a country that has banded together when times have been tough. My fear and everyone's fear now is that everyone gets on board and does the things that are necessary to protect themselves. So let's listen in as Tabitha and Jake talk to us about the coronavirus and how it's impacting their business. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Diaries, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay. All right. So thank you guys so much. We have Jake and Tabitha McConnelly. No, wait. McNally. McAnally. McAnally with McAnally Moments. Um, tell me a little bit about your guy, about you guys, your guys' business, and what you guys do, and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Um, so we are a husband and wife team, um, and we offer photo, video, and photo birth services. So we specialize mostly in weddings and large events, but um, we also have other focuses and offer other services as well. Awesome. How long have you guys been in business? Almost four years. Sweet. And then what areas do you guys service? We service all of California. Um, We do travel quite often, especially Central Coast, since that's where we both met and sort of had a network originally from. Um, But I would say primarily our business is coming from serving the Bay Area, Sacramento, Fresno, and then Valley here, Modesto, Manteca, those types of areas. Nice. Now I know you guys have a new addition to your family. Like how have you guys been managing that with the, you guys have a toddler now? We do. She's 16 months old. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So it has been really, really challenging to kind of shift the way that we even like do our business because we are self-employed. We work from home and she's here all day. <laughs> We're both trying to work. And um, so it's been, it's super fun. We love it. Um, she's amazing. She's everything we needed and, you know, have always prayed for having, um, but it comes with challenges, especially for our, for our job. So it's been um, the last year or so has been such a big transition for us um, to figure out how to balance um, that life and taking care of her and getting our work done and helping our business thrive too. And just for the listeners, you guys both do this full time. You don't have any kind of side hustles or anything like that. This is, this is your full time gig. Yep. That is it. This is all of it. All is in it. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me like before this virus hit, before COVID-19 hit, what did like a typical workday look like for you guys? Uh, Do you want to talk about your workday? Um, typical work day. Um, wake up late because I have a, I don't like waking up early. 
And then, you and me both. <laughs> and then I'll forget to say hi to them and go straight to the computer to work and uh, just edit and call and then uh, try to get off in the afternoon. Well, get off in the afternoon, hang out with them. Sometimes go back in there at night to, to edit or whatever. But um, I don't know how we yeah. do yeah. So lots, lots, Jake's in an office. We have a designated office for our business that Jake utilizes. I really don't because um, I have Kaylee <laughs> I'm managing at the same time. So he'll be in the office, can close the door. He can edit, <laughs> call, handle all of that side of things. Um, and so he's doing that as needed but lately in the way that things had been going he was working a ton basically wake up edit take a break just to be able to see us go back to edit stay up till wee hours of the morning and then you know go to bed and wake up and do it again um if we're not at events that's what he'd be doing how and many times were you guys out during the week though like shooting like so on average you know before almost uh almost every weekend we would have uh, like Saturdays during prime season, you know, of course, but um, we would have a, a wedding. Sometimes we would have a wedding that Friday and that Sunday too. We've had a lot of like back-to-backs this last year. I think um, this year we have two or three weddings. We have some planned like um, and then Sundays we are um, a part of an amazing team uh, for bridal shows. And so um, a lot of Sundays we are at bridal shows. Um, so weekends we're like not home, we're working. And then throughout the week, I'd say on average, maybe uh, two to three um, different portrait sessions a week when things are really moving, um, you know, different holidays and things that is like more um, mm -hmm. or other seasons less. But um, as far as like out of the house, other than weekends, it's like a couple hours here, a couple hours there, not a ton of time. It's mostly at home working. So uh, like with this virus now, you know, with COVID-19, like what does that work day look like now? <laughs> well, right now I'm just catching up. Um, everyone always wants to stay caught up on their editing and it never happens. Mm -hmm. I see like 99% of the people. So now is a great time where I will be caught up. Um, we gave ourselves a deadline on Monday to finish our last wedding gallery. And then after that, I have no editing. Mm -hmm. So so he's doing... <laughs> he's, I'm meeting my goals. Right. <laughs> um, mine is very different. So my day-to-day -day before and now is uh, same, the same in many respects um, and then a little different in some others. So I basically, I don't have like a set time. I don't have a designated like office. Like this mm -hmm. is my work time. I'm handling all the administrative side of things. So, you know, anything with client email, phone conversations or with other vendors or venues, any um, advertisement, you know, handling contracts, emails, all of that side of things is what I'm handling during the day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, different, it depends on, you know, what's happening, you know, near future as far as weddings and stuff and how many inquiries we're getting at a particular time. But I'm doing that while running around chasing a toddler, taking care of her. So mine's very like, as I can do it, um, you know, send the email when I can, getting interrupted 10 times before I get the final email sent. And so with everything going on with the virus now, um, in some respects, it's even busier on the administrative side. And I anticipate in the near future ramping up um, that it will continue to be busy. So whereas backlogged work, editing is kind of at a halt, like we're very much um, 
just as busy, if not busier on the administrative side of things, shifting gears of what it is we're doing on that side of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. This is like my chance to kind of get caught up on editing and things like that. But in the meantime, it's also shifting, you know, reschedules and trying to work through calendar situations and double bookings and all that stuff is kind of starting to come up now. And it's just so much still that's unforeseen. But I wanted to have you guys on, especially um, you two, because I felt like you guys were like some of the first discoverers of COVID-19. So tell me a little bit about Jake. So Jake, tell me like, when did you first hear about COVID-19? I first heard about it super early January. I don't know the exact date. I would say January 3rd or like January 5th, maybe. Um, I don't remember how I heard about it. It was probably just a random article that was posted in a group I was in. And um, it was before it hit mainstream media, that's for sure. Um, it was after it was reported to the World, World Health Organization. Um, so sometime around then is when I heard about it. Mm-hmm. And like, what was, what was it about the information that had you like sending up smoke alarms because you started talking about this really early on. This is a, this, there's something wrong here. This is a big deal. And a lot of people were not taking it seriously, but what was it about the information coming out that had you like seriously red flagging it? So I don't remember at what point I started sharing publicly. Um, Very early on, um, there was a lot of conspiracies coming out of China and just people not coming out of China, but people, making conspiracies about China and it wasn't you didn't really know what to believe and what not to you know what to flag and so that was really hard to like decipher through um but I feel like I really started sharing it more once like publicly on my own page once lockdowns started happening in China um I don't remember exactly like the dates and all that I think it was like early February is when Mm -hmm. they started lockdowns you know, it started with a couple million people, and I think by the end of February, there was one billion people on lockdown, or essentially almost one billion. Um, I think the highest count I saw was like 900 million people on lockdown, but... Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people to control, right? <laughs> yeah. In China, too, where they can like actually force it upon you. Yeah. And It was but. interesting because you know, obviously from Jake's first, like bringing this up forward, I've watched it, you know, just as closely to some extent as him. But I have to admit, you know, when he was first starting to post things and um, really circulate the information and especially hearing feedback from people like, why are you so obsessed with this? Like, don't, you know, why are you worrying? And I think even I, at some point was just like, I think I told Jake, like, can we stop talking about this? Like, I, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't understand, you know, and then people were literally messaging me, you know, private messages, text messages. Why is Jake so obsessed with the coronavirus? Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, you know, and to some extent I understood. And he's always been a person that follows up you know, on the news and is like very much like does his research on things and follows things. And he likes to share that he likes to like let people know information that they wouldn't otherwise find. And I totally, you know, respect that. And I admire that he's not afraid to do that. But I was a little annoyed at first, because I'm like, (laughs) we talk about something else. Like, and why are people asking me why my husband's obsessed with this topic? (laughs) So then, you know, but then I think um, that, 
you know, he kind of, he saw it for what it was and he did, he called it. If you look back at those messages on, you know, his Facebook messages before and people are saying like, he's crazy. Like that's not going to happen. It's not that bad. He's saying like, it's a matter of time before it comes here. And I think for me until it really actually started coming in to the U S and then into California until it mm-hmm. hit closer to home, it just really hadn't become real. But Jake saw like the numbers, he was doing the actual research. He wasn't just like resharing media blasts. He was looking at things. He was saying like, look at the rate that this is spreading. Imagine the travel coming in and out, like all those things. And um, so I think, you know, he, he saw it for what it was because he wasn't waiting for um, everyone else to like be on board with that information. Yeah. I mean, like, let's dig a little bit deeper in that though. Like what kinds of things were you sharing and like, what kind of responses were you getting? I know you personally from some of the photography groups and I felt, I, I, I didn't understand it. I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, this person is like freaking me out. You know, <laughs> I'm kind of with Tabitha in the beginning, like, oh gosh, I don't want to hear this conspiracy theory, you know, and I'm like kind of freaking out. But like, what were some of the things you were sharing that you feel like was really red flagging people and what were their responses? I can't really remember some of the early ones, but some of the earlier ones were um, that there weren't enough medical supplies in China um, to get a little morbid. Uh, there were, um, uh, what do you call it? It's like a, it's a satellite view, uh, viewing the gases and how they, um, what is it? Um, like the carbon monoxide and all that. Um, what was the word I'm thinking of? Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the word. Are you uh, referring to like the, what the body emulates in regards to like uh, when it passes? Kinda. Um, like in LA, the fog, uh, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding on the term. Um, like the pollution in the air, basically. It went away at the beginning of the virus, like shortly after, and then it started coming back. And uh, people would say it's because bodies are burning at an exceptional rate and all of the um, mortuaries are just full of, of bodies and all this stuff. And I was sharing a, l- a lot about that just because Essentially, when you talk about that, it's that China's government was just like so overwhelmed with what was happening. And um, it's like, are there, their numbers aren't real because they're so overwhelmed, you know? Right. And I feel like we'll see more truer numbers now that the world has a better idea of what to expect because it caught China so off guard in a sense. So I've shared a lot about that. And, um, there's been someone specific that always comments on my stuff that we're not like friends, but we're friends on Facebook. She's a photographer out of state. And um, she says like, I'm obsessed with the the death counts and all like the numbers and stuff, but it's not the numbers. It's just like, it's going to grow. And it's the it's rate of growing. the increase, rate. right? It's just the yeah. rate and the speed that it's happening yeah. that had you so enthralled. Exactly. And as he's talking, I was just like scrolling through like January posts. And I deleted like a bunch that. of them. And um, <laughs> yeah, so generally, like he was sharing the like just a lot of the updates, starting with you know what's happening in China, and then as it got closer and closer to here, sharing them. And then like at some point, he's like, you know, I'm gonna order masks just in case. I think that people are like, you're being ridiculous. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you you know, you're just like instilling fear in people. And, so I was fear mongering. <laughs> yeah. And just like, sure. You know, they were all, everyone was just in disbelief that this was a reality that he was just 
over the top on this. When I think back though, some of those posts and as things have started to come out in the media and the press conferences with the president and, um, you know, the special task force, I, I, this, a lot of the stuff that was being said on the special task force about how this is impacting people, um, the ages of folks it was impacting. I wasn't actually taken off guard because I had been reading Jake's post, <laughs> even though they were freaking me out earlier in the beginning. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope this isn't true. But the spread rate and the death rate and all those things, people were taken off guard and they were like, I can't believe this. I'm like, well, if you had have been listening, <laughs> if you were following Jake, <laughs> if you were friends with Jake, you wouldn't be surprised because you really called a lot of this stuff earlier on. I feel so, like I'm really realistic with all my stuff too, as much as I could. Like looking back, you'll say, oh, these were all realistic. But at the time, no one was like, yeah, or everyone was just like, this is too much. What, are, you what are some of the blaring things that stuck that you feel like you were pretty dead on with like just name a couple things like maybe if it's the spread rate or the being quarantined 14 day quarantines like what are some of the things that maybe you're like I, I kind of talked about this earlier on and now here we are well I remember specifically because um I have a terrible memory and honestly I just don't remember <laughs> <laughs> so I remember early on I don't know you know when but um when he first said that you know there was quarantine in China and he straight said like, it's going to be here and eventually, and cause I remember like saying something like, okay, like why do you keep like telling me this every time right. like a new update, like you're coming to me and like, I'm an anxious person generally. So if it doesn't immediately affect me right now, like don't add that to my plate. So, yes. You know, yeah. that's kind of my, my take at that time. And, um, you know, and so when he said that, I remember him saying like, that when I give him pushback, like, well, I'm telling you this because it's only a matter of time. Like it's going mm -hmm. to come here. Like it's, it's spreading. Like people are traveling in and out of these countries. Like we don't, we don't even know people aren't being tested, like all these things. And so then, um, you know, I'm like, okay, like that would suck, but it did, I didn't feel it. You know, I'm like, it's so far from us right now. And so then as it like, as time went on, like faster and faster, things got closer and closer to hitting home literally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at, um, you know, at some point then quarantines, there's like something of, you know, shelter in place, things like that very much are like quarantines, like have been happening. And I remember thinking back to when Jake said that, and it like almost gets me emotional because it's so scary. And I'm like, yeah, this is, it's scary. Cause it's like, I, I think I ignored a lot of what he said, or I didn't research it myself because I didn't want it to be true. And I think that's for a lot of us, a lot of Americans, like, we didn't want to believe we, we always think we're exempt from a lot of world, you know, Absolutely. Around the world because we're here in America. And I think the moment that it hit home, I was like, mm -hmm. dang, I just, I did not want Jake to be right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ooh, girl, you want to get me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I didn't expect that. <laughs> but it's scary times. And the reality is I a hundred percent agree. I think a lot of us want to ignore or bury our heads in the sand because it just doesn't seem like it would affect us. Um, even like a lot of the kids right now out on spring break in Florida and they're just like, it, it's, it doesn't impact me. Um, they just, it's like we're, we like to stay clueless as long as possible until it's like right in our face. So tell me, what is it about this virus that seems so different than the other viruses? Okay. So because this is something that could be, uh, I'm basically, I made, I got some stats from a website and I'm just going to read off my notes because I don't want to give false information. Um, 
So this is comparing it to some other viruses that mm -hmm. have happened in the past. Uh, most recent was 2009, the swine flu. Um, see, I'm just gonna read. Uh, coronavirus isn't as deadly as SARS and MERS. SARS killed 10% of the 8,000 cases and MERS killed 34% of the 2,500 cases. The, coronavi the coronavirus outbreak is more severe than the 2009 outbreak of H1N1 or swine flu. The swine flu also lasted, the outbreak itself was about a year. And so when you're comparing those stats, um, you're comparing like the a year- A couple months a couple, to a year. Exactly. And people are doing the same thing with the flu. Um, the swine flu illness affected between 700 million and 1.4 billion people worldwide but it only had a mortality rate of 0 0.02. Of course, that's still a lot of people, but um, it's a very, very low percentage over a huge volume of people. The coronavirus is affecting hundreds of thousands, and that's only going off the numbers given by governments that are still under-tested, and they're trying to catch up since the medical system was not designed for the scenario. And even Trump himself is saying the same thing, um, that... Um, the CDC and their guidelines and medical systems is all that stuff was not designed for something like this. Right. It was designed for something much smaller scale. And so they had to completely redesign their system of testing and all that. Uh, and only, and also come up with a new test kit. Um, so are they? <laughs> oh yeah. So currently the, the world mortality rate on confirmed cases is 4.1. And Italy has a mortality rate of 8.2. Oh and Italy has 37,000 confirmed. Um, but Italy also has, um, I believe it's 25% of their population is over the age 60. Mm -hmm. um, so those numbers would be high. But. but I think just like for people that are like, he says numbers and I just like space, that's kind of the person I am sometimes is like, <laughs> I think in summary, like what those statistics are showing into the point to how to like, look at this as people keep saying like, why is everyone overreacting? It's, you know, the flu kills more people. Well, when you're looking at statistics, again, we're like, what, two at most three months in of whatever right. we're declaring this to like have started. At, of the uh, and that the capacity is already being compared to be worse to things that lasted a year plus, and um, the mortality rates are already higher. The infection rates are already higher than a lot of things that we're comparing this to, and people are quick to say like you're being dramatic, like stop scaring people. It's just like the flu, but this is truly and sadly only the beginning, and it's only getting right. worse. So the virus, one big problem we have is even the numbers we have that are showing it so high at this point is grossly underestimated according to the CDC even at this point because we don't we don't have a system that has enough tests to get out there fast enough to test people enough so we only have statistics of how many tests we've been able to put out there and for people and with people that are not having any symptoms or very little that don't aren't even thinking like coronavirus, like they're thinking cold or whatever, they're not being tested. That's how many more people that aren't included in those statistics that are potentially spreading this virus and contaminated by it. I have something I want to say really quick. Um, I looked at the stats before we got on our call. Um, so in the US, there has been, I think 36,000 people tested for the virus. And out of those, we are almost at 11,000 confirmed positive 
And I think it was 155 dead. 157. One fifty-seven, mm-hmm. and um, the California has ramped up the testing significantly. They're now able to test twelve thousand tests per day, which is amazing. That's just California alone. Mm-hmm. Even the governor expects. Sorry, I don't want to like. I don't want to like put like not a conspiracy. Just I don't want to like assume things. Not, not on the podcast, anyways. i I mean here's the thing like this podcast is i mean we're not gonna we're not making national news here on this podcast so if you have thoughts ideas say them i can't remember the number he said so i don't want to say it but you were gonna say something i'm not sure now but um i don't know i think i think just all that to say is we are are worried and like we're realistically <clears throat> i think the numbers are much higher than we even know and right. that will continue and now that tests are coming out um and we're seeing the rates increase higher and higher um i think the reality of the seriousness of the issue hopefully to those that are still in disbelief um <clears throat> will um you know hopefully they'll they'll know shortly like understand like the severity of this issue and to take it very serious and to listen to recommendations from the government, from the CDC, from the World Health Organization, because it baffles me that so many people right now just kind of laugh it off that all of these main organizations that, you know, their entire job is to advise us um, on these issues, you know, somehow they're lying, somehow they're exaggerating. Well, you know what I think is so interesting too, is that they, you know, they had been saying, there's still so much I don't know about this virus, how long it stays on plastics and metals and this and that. And they don't even know exactly how it's spread at this point. They don't know if it's droplets. They don't know if it's airborne. Um, they still are trying to determine those details. But today they came out after not giving these statistics with what the age groups that were being impacted. They kept on saying it was old people and people that had pre-existing conditions. And this morning I woke up and there was a chart on the TV that I was actually showing the age breakdown and how the highest number of cases right now is actually 20 through 60 year olds not 85 year olds, not, you know, people in the nineties, it's 20 through 60 is the greatest impact numbers. And so my son is just shy of that number. I'm in that number. You guys are in that number. Um, and so I think that information wasn't necessarily out there before and now it is. And I hope people will see that and take this a little bit more seriously instead of thinking, Oh, well, I'm young. I'm fine. I can, you know, go to the gym and put my sweaty body all over the because um we actually have a friend who um his niece is four years old and goes to a school in the bay area where a kid was just confirmed positive this is all from what he's telling us and now his niece is getting tested but people don't realize their actions like when they're going to the gym and like the 20 years old thing going forward it's they can be infected and they may have mild cold-like symptoms or shortness of breath or whatever, but they're not getting pneumonia, but they can still give it to their coworkers, their friends, their family, their grandma, their, their kids. And that's what the scary part is. I think the, the biggest, the, I think the hardest thing, but most important thing for people to understand is like, it's, it's <clears throat> extremely frustrating to me to read all of these, you know, like businesses, um, different stores or companies that we're utilizing they're sending out letters and everyone's assuring everyone we're taking the utmost precaution like we're doing everything you can and to help minimize this anyone with any 
cold-like symptoms, feeling under the weather, like don't come or don't attend or don't think that that is only perpetuating the problem. Um, because so many people in the younger, not as at risk groups, we following the CDC have, like, we can't confirm at this point without, you know, the tests, but they're saying that it is very, very likely that you will have it. You will not know, have zero symptoms or very, very minimal symptoms. And if you're not having any symptoms and you still think it's okay, cause you feel okay to take people into the public or take yourselves into the public, right. then unknowingly you are affecting anyone you're coming into contact with that affects them. And even if they're able <laughs> and not at risk, who are they in contact with that's not? And mm-hmm. so very early on, before it was ever suggested or mandatory, our family withdrew going out to certain non-essential public activities. And we have um, family members in our immediate family that have compromised immune systems and that could literally die if they contract this. And, you know, so we had to take it serious. But, um, you know, I think we we as a community have to understand that our individual actions and things that we do can affect everyone in the community. It's a community problem and we have to come together as a community to solve it. And so that means even if you're feeling okay, if you don't need to be out in public, you shouldn't be out in public because you don't know whether you have the virus or you're around someone that feels okay that does and where you're you know, taking that and exposing it to, to other at-risk populations. I wanna to add to that really quick. This is also for the people listening. If you were to have like a cough right now, that is a symptom of the virus. But if you had a cough right now, would you go to get tested? Probably not. You probably think you have the cold. When in fact, it really could be the virus. And so it's kind of scary thinking how many people actually have it, thinking they have simply just a cold. Not to say anyone with a cough probably no, has yeah. coronavirus. Like, let's not it's let just, that stretch. Yeah, but. It's just a symptom <laughs> of the many. But right. it's, possible. It could, it's possible. So it's scary. Well, and our family has chosen to um, stay in. The only person who's been, well, my husband's gone to the grocery store, um, but my son has gone to football workouts, but they're having them out in the park and they're separating them out. And he has to kind of like do his workout by himself. But he's the only person who's actually gotten fresh air. I literally haven't stepped outside to even get the mail since last Friday. So (laughs) you can. It's so the virus is in the air, but it's not like, in the air right (laughs) it's like it's like extremely localized you know so we still go on our walks i was like i'm not opening a window Uh, listen (laughs) don't open the door i let the dogs out that's as far as it gets so but like talking about like before we turn this into you know small business conversation i wanted to ask one more question around like let's talk about shelter in place like where i live in tracy we just got order to shelter in place my understanding is like i can't get arrested if i were to go to ups right now but in some places they're talking about i've heard gavin newsom this morning on uh yahoo news mention that he might just go ahead and call um what is that when you're required to stay in martial law this part or he said that if he had to he would put in an executive order because people are just not taking it seriously so let's talk about what is shelter in place actually mean and what are some of the rules around it? So, um, you know, it is slightly different if you're, we're actually like reading these orders as they come out. Um, so they are slightly different depending on, um, which county or which city. Um, but all in all, like using that term is basically 
essentially quarantine without calling it quarantine, like stay home. Mm -hmm. Everyone should stay home. If it's not something essential and there are definitions of that also in the orders, but if it's not essential, a wedding is not essential. Don't do it. And it has been specifically stated in some of these uh, that a wedding does not count as essential as a for unfortunate as okay. that is for us wedding photographers. Um, so um, basically stay at home. Like if you don't need to leave, don't leave and don't mingle with others that aren't within your household. Um, so, you know, schools being canceled on things, that's for them to stay in the house and that, um, only essential businesses should continue to function like grocery stores, uh, you know, pharmacies, things like that. Essential to live, not like restaurants also. Yeah. They're including restaurants in that, um, as well. Um, but though some are requiring that it has to be to go and not like within their facility. Um, but basically that you are staying in as much as you can, avoiding the public as much as you can and that social gatherings are not permitted like don't don't go out don't oh we're quarantined like let's get the whole block together and have a barbecue like don't do it stay home mm -hmm. with your family and you know the the point is that like if we wait long enough and we try to keep it contained you know everyone without continuing to spread that we can rapidly slow this down and flatten the curve of what's happening you know, it's been tough because I, you know, my, my son is a football player and a track athlete. And so his track season is probably over, but um, he's in that recruiting pool where, you know, he probably will get some type of a scholarship offer. And so I'm seeing his friends online at the gym, you know, working out in groups and things like that, where, you know, I pretty much have him at home doing yoga or in the park alone doing his own workouts, but no weightlifting, none of those things are, I've been allowing them. And it's been really tough to contain the teenagers. Like, you know, you guys have a little one in the house. And so, you know, you can control that. But when you have a teenager with a car, it's been really hard to contain and control that. Like, how do we, how would you advise parents get through and this was not one of our questions that we had listed, but how, do you guys, how would you guys advise parents to get through to some of these kids, the severity of this? Cause now we know that at this point, there's no cases that we know that have been publicized in their age group, but how do we get them to take this seriously? So a lot of people don't know, but I have a 15 year old sister. So I very much have a teenager that mm -hmm. is in like close proximity to me. And because I was 16 when she was born and, I'm like a second mother, you know, so I very much participating in what's going on with her and those decisions for her. And I agree, it is really hard to get through to a teenager right now to understand the severity. And there's like this balance where you don't want to like over scare them and freak them out, but you want them to understand because, you know, we're, I'm worried that she's going to be told stay at home and she sneaks out the window and does it anyways, you know? Mm -hmm. and, um, so you know, it, that's actually been something that I don't really have a, a great answer for, but I'm trying to figure out myself and trying to even like give my parents some sort of guidance on like how to help make sure she understands. Um, but I think, you know, cause her many teenagers mentality and hers is like, well, I'm an adult and you know, people are wanting me to, you know, make good decision, act like an adult. So I'm making this decision that, right. and if I only see these certain people, or if I only go these certain places, like that's okay. And, um, as much as I can, again, without instilling like extra fear that I feel like I still consider her a child, even though she's close to adulthood, I right. feel like, no, it's, it is our job to protect her from some of that fear. Um, and so I think 
the best I could, that I've been able to even think to do is just to help her understand, like, obviously we can't send her the statistics that Jake's talking to everyone. You're like, all these people are dying. Like all these things like that's just not going to help. Like it's going to freak her out, you know, but, um, I think that having a discussion with them and understand, understanding and leveling with them, like we know this is inconvenient, but like, look around, look at how many biz businesses, personal lives, like things are inconvenient. Like this is so serious that people have planned weddings and had to yeah. keep them, you know, yeah. so serious that like city hall is closing. Uh, I shared a story like half an hour ago. I think it was Australia. I would have to look, but there was a wedding and the, um, they have tracked back people to the wedding. Now 31 people have been confirmed positive since attending that wedding. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's really, really bad to hear. <laughs> so like, honestly, like, let's, let's switch this conversation to business. I want to be cognizant of your guys' time. I know you have a little one that's on a, on a clock. <laughs> yeah, she does nap and who knows what she'll be. <laughs> exactly. So um, let's talk some small business. Um, when most people think like small business, they they kind of forget about like the small business creatives. Tell me about like some of the impact of the small business creatives have had during this time, specifically the wedding photography industry. Yeah. So it's definitely a loaded question because we're like inundated by being hit by this. Um, so I think wedding in the wedding industry in particular, you know, our entire business, especially for those that are completely full-time like we are, it revolves around social gatherings, events, you know, weddings. And so that's what right now is, as we're watching on the news that, you know, everything is con continuing and continuing to um, being re be restricted. And at this point, you know, it's pretty obvious that in the near future, like no social gatherings, meaning no weddings to, to take place. Mm -hmm. um, in, some, in some places it's of 10 or more, in some places it's entirely at this point um some are still 100 and some are 250 yeah it's kind of all over but at least my <clears throat> recommendation it's to not continue those in in pretty much everywhere around here so um i just like completely blanked on what you no it's all good so basically basically <laughs> the fact of the matter is once if your wedding is 10 or less you're not yeah. having a wedding yeah, so which so means you're not going to have a wedding but like when we're, we're hearing about like the government giving federal, you know, assistance and things like that, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to decipher what true small businesses are. Are those folks who have been filing their taxes? Are the folks that have the EIN number? Yeah. What about the hobbyists? Like, what are you guys forecasting around assistance for small business? Yeah. So, um, just going back to complete your last question really fast. So basically, you know, obviously postponements, subject to cancellations. Um, also, um, like all of our in the future, like next couple of months, portrait sessions have all been postponed or canceled. Um, we're not booking any more like minis or future sessions, anything that we, we need to say no to at this point, we are because we don't know at what point uh, we're projecting that we'll be able to. So short of like a gift certificate, we're not booking it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, you know, so obviously like you're, you're getting to, um, our income is taking a big hit, not only for those being postponed or canceled, but I think where we're at too, and it's kind of like wait and see is if couples in the farther, uh, months of 2020, if they're getting nervous that this is extending, this is getting really serious, they're going to hit the brakes on their wedding potentially too. And what does that look like for payments coming in? Um, so I know different people have different business models, but ours is not like pay retainer and then the rest right before the wedding. It's 
payment plan that's trickled out over time. And so that's our monthly income. And so if that comes to a halt, if they don't make those payments, then our income is gone. And so it mm -hmm. is very, very real and very, very serious to us. And that's one of the reasons that we mm -hmm. have followed it so closely and county to county where our weddings are and like, what's going mm -hmm. on? What's the next thing that's been released? What's, you know, what's the restriction on social gatherings? Because it's our direct income that's impacted. So in the next few months, if, uh, if it goes into May, um, we'll have lost about a quarter of our weddings for the year. Um, we were still, so what are we at total for the year? 21, I think? No, we're close 22. to 30 now weddings, like 28, something like that. But we were expecting to do like 35 weddings. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely not going to get to 35, that's for sure. And I, I don't know how much she actually said about it. So the weddings that we have rescheduled so far, um, and the ones that we expect, I expect to reschedule the ones that are in May. So all their money, hopefully it will be paid. It just depends how, if they're going to fight it or not, uh, to be paid by their wedding date, even if they reschedule, um, all that money that we could have charged a new client for the new date, we will take a loss on. And so potentially like 10 weddings that we'll have lost out on essentially like worst case and we're talking worst case because we're doing things proactively to try to make sure that as much as we can we minimize losing future booking dates by having to reschedule and things like that but just uh, think everybody is everybody that's in the creative industry space is kind of is dealing with this exact same story and situation yeah. and so what are some of the things that you guys can advise people to do to kind of help to counterbalance some of that income. Like for an example, I personally called my car company and said, Hey, do you guys have anything in place right now for this Corona situation? Yeah. And they just, before I didn't have to apply or do anything, they just said, well, we're going to give you a 30 day, a 30 day, you know, yeah. off. We're going to so, give you a break for 30 days. So nothing have, to sign. No, nothing. It just, you know, so tell me a little bit about that on your guys end. So I think, the biggest thing, like, and I was already going to recommend it more to like what you did is like, I think in times like this, it's easy to like, say like, okay, I'm just going to keep watching and see, and I'm going to wait and see what happens. And like, let's see what they say tomorrow or things like that. It is not the time to stay quiet. It's not the time to wait, you know, to see if you can pay you know, for food next month. It's not the time to do that. It's the time to get resourceful and to be as proactive as you can about things happening. And so obviously we all have different set of like what bills, what our expenses are, are coming out every month. And there's certain things. And so being aware and doing exactly like what you gave an example of is uh, if you feel like a payment's coming up and you're like, I am not sure, or I might be making a decision between paying a bill and food in two months from now or something like that that you're starting that conversation with those companies now mm -hmm. and a lot are a lot are understanding because the thing is that this is impacting all of America and beyond like really the world but you know and so everyone's in the same boat it's not like you made some bad decisions financially you know and and now you can't pay it and and you're asking for forgiveness like everyone's in this weird territory nobody expected this to happen nobody expected it to happen this fast and even our government is like we're daily trying to figure out how to handle this and to help from it like getting any worse and so I think that companies are already showing that as much as they can they're willing to work with us to make sure that Americans aren't you know worried about like their PG&E being shut off because they needed to spend that on food to make sure in case we're in quarantine and they can't wait right. to have, they have food in their cupboard and so I think making those calls definitely I I know um, of some 
um, you know, companies that are already doing those things. Like I mentioned PG&E. PG&E has announced that they're like forfeiting any um, mandatory cancellations for non-payment. So if you're behind now or you think you're going to be behind, you don't have to worry that not paying that bill is going to make your your electricity be shut off because PG&E is committed to not doing that at this point. And there are other companies that are doing similar things. Um, I know, you know, for rent, I've been sending it to a lot of friends, um, but I have a, like a template of a letter you can send to your landlord asking for an extension of time to pay your rent given all of these. And it actually states out like different things that this has been declared, you know, a national emergency and all of these things um, and asking for that help and, you know, being hopeful that having the conversation instead of like waiting for an eviction notice is going to, you know, help at this time. And the um, bottom line is you just got to pick up the phone and call and yeah. ask. I think, like you said, this is, not, <laughs> this is not the time to be quiet and to be silent. This is not the time to be waiting and seeing. This is the time to take action and just like we, we it's not that we didn't have the money to pay the car payment for next month. I just wanted to see what was out there. What are our options? Exactly. Because you, we don't know what's coming on the pipeline. So I want to go back to that question I asked about the assistance from the government and they've talked about, you know, helping out the small business owners and things like that. And I want to be really, I would love to get a little bit more clarity from them. And maybe you guys can help me out with this because one of the things that my friend asked is, do you have an EIN number? Mm-hmm. You know, if you file taxes you on your, on your small business, you should have an EIN number. And so I'm thinking that to get assistance, like the way that they're saying that they're going to be giving I'm guessing you can't be a hobbyist that doesn't file your taxes to get assistance. You yeah. have to have a, a have filed taxes, maybe have an EIN number. Can you guys talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, I think in general, just for people that like aren't sure, if you uh, some people some businesses EIN numbers are actually their social depending. So if you're like a sole a sole proprietor, um, if you're a DBA, like it is your social. So don't like some people get thrown off when we were first beginning the process of like being a business. I was really confused by that. It is your social. So I think more so than just like having an EIN number, I think the real question is like, are you registered as a business? And if you are registered as a business, like with a county as a sole proprietor, or you are um, a corporation or whatever that is, that just just being registered is really what's key at this point. Um, Because so for most, that means that, yeah, you are paying taxes, that you're reporting income. um, Those people are going to be are going to qualify for the assistance coming. My understanding um, is that, you know, if if you're not, if you are, I don't know if you call yourself a hobbyist or, or whatever you say, um, if you're not registered as a business, if you're not um, paying taxes on the income that you're getting, you're not afforded those same opportunities right. uh, for the income coming in. And I think it's kind of like, it's a tough thing to talk about, right? But we've always said to um, any you know fellow self-employed, um, especially photographers and things like it's so important when you're starting off, even if you think mm-hmm. you're not big enough yet, get registered. It's easy to just start as a sole proprietor, like get registered and always buy business insurance. Like those are the two things. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's moments like this, like you never know it's coming. You never know you needed it, but it have, you know, for some people, unfortunately that are in the spot where they haven't, like looking back, like if you were, if you had done that, if, at this point there there could be some relief for you that you're not going to be able to unfortunately take advantage of at this point and i think us in the industry especially as full-time employee you know we the ones that have gone through this process of you know getting the business you know insurance and making sure that we have things in order for ourselves to 
to consider ourselves to be a small business, we always are advising a lot of the younger guys coming into the industry and saying, this is the things you need to do first. Um, you know, you might want to take pretty pictures or create beautiful bouquets and that's great. But until, before you start taking someone's money, these are the things you need to be doing. And it's just situations like this is just another example. I mean, obviously you can get sued and horrible things could happen. And if you're not a business, you have no protection. And now here we are again, in a situation where we need help. And there's a lot of those folks out there who did not take the advice and they're not going to be protected. So you know, let's turn the conversation. I have the last couple of questions for you guys. Um, as a small business owner, how do you stay engaged in your business right now? It's, you know, a lot of people are literally just glued to the TV. They're not posting on their social media. They're not wanting to create new content or they don't have the ability to create more content. How do you stay engaged now? Like, how do you continue to just keep pushing forward with so much unseen? Um, yeah, so I have to admit that the last like week or so I have on our end of like uh, advertisements and social media been been a little quieter than I think that we would have wanted to be. I think I needed some time to like soak it in and get my bearings straight on mm-hmm. how it was hitting me, how I was processing it. Um, and um, especially since I had just come in from like really just like hearing and following what other people are saying to really like actually reading orders, reading suggestions, following which I'm directly saying versus what people are telling me he's saying. So I took some time to really like get on board with that. Um, but as far as, um, you know, moving forward, like now, like today forward, we actually plan on, like I had mentioned on the administrative side of things that we will be just as busy, if not even busier right now during this time. And so I would say to people that are kind of like, oh, this is just, you know, I'm just gonna sit on the couch, turn on some Netflix and like, let's see what happens. Like, please do not think that that is, you know, that's what is needed at this time. Like if you don't have bookings right now coming up, if things have been postponed, like you don't have any direct, you know, work in the immediate future, it doesn't mean like break time because there's so many things that we can do to invest in our business and to do, to focus on our business now that we're going to reap the benefits of later, because Mm -hmm. as all things like this will come to an end and we don't know how long until it does. And we don't know how bad it's going to look, but it will end and weddings will go on, you know, other businesses like those, those needs will be there again. And if you're sitting back now and you're like waiting till like bookings come again, like you're going to get blindsided with the inundated brides. Like I want that date. And then like 20 brides want the same date. And like, you know, you're, and you're, like you don't have, you weren't prepared for the influx because you know, it's like, it's quiet and then it's not. And Mm -hmm. um, right now, like where our focus is really going is on the administrative side. So, um, and I have been following like other um, speakers on this and other advice and kind of taking what relates to us. And so what we're going to be doing is really focusing still on advertisement um, and working on our website. So our social media has always been stronger as far as up-to-date photos and our website usually lacks because it's so much easier to just go upload a photo than to like really be you're thoughtful about like what we're posting mm-hmm. and how we're posting it on our website. And so we're going to focus more on our website. We're going to update that a little bit more, like really make it what we want. Like even our, like about me was a very fast throw together Here's and like, it. it was not great. And like, we need to redo that. We and did our- need to come and take your guys pictures. And that's those about me pictures. We have a really old photo on there. <laughs> so our about us page is uh, about me, like me, Jake, Jake. from my old website. <laughs> This was done years ago, by the way, but like 2017. So it's like a long paragraph about me. And then below that 
in like a headline that says, and together we are dot, dot, dot. Right. <laughs> like, where's Tabitha? What's Tabitha's story, you know? And so I had like started that and then I got busy. I got pregnant. I had a baby. Right. There's always a reason, right? So right now where those reasons, like all those things are like, it is that slow time that we all wish sometimes we could have as sad of a time this is take advantage of that quiet take advantage of it so we're doing website advertisements like i know people i've always always struggled too it's like oh, okay well we don't have any like photos that you know we just did that i really want to share but like there's so many galleries that have never touched our social media or advertisement like there's so many yeah. photos so many great photos it's not so, on purpose yeah it's just because we're busy like we're we're you know we're doing what we have to to like keep afloat and keep successful but there's so many like not have to but like shoulds and we're gonna get to those now so we're gonna start posting go back through some photos and start posting things that people haven't seen and um, do some like that we're gonna focus on um, template like I have some templates but then there's other things that I regularly say to couples in response to like certain things happening that I'm literally typing off like memory in my head like retyping it every time and realistically I don't have time for that but I just haven't felt like I also didn't have the time to like go make a template and like get it perfect. So I just like quickly do it and send it. And then I keep, keep redoing the same thing. So we're going to do some more templates and make it so that when it picks up, because it will, when it gets crazy, because right. it will, it's like, boom, 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 this is great. And like, we're in an even better position as far as like the administrative side of things, things that are flowing for our business, more efficient than we've ever been. And that we can at least, you know, have that even if, if like income wise, we're like uncertain that our business is solid as far as its function. Right. Now, Tell me, like, and I'm, we're last last two questions here. Um, there's the house is divided in the small business creative community right now, and what I mean by that is you have the folks who are like, let's advertise, let's do mentorship, let's sell, and continue to try to engage with our client base, other photographers, and you have the other side who's like, this is not the time. It's time to shut it all down and go into hibernation. Maybe just focus on your own interpersonal stuff, like your own business. Where are you guys at in that scheme of things? Because as small business owners, we selling products is part of like what we do. So tell me about like, where are you guys, what's your guys, where are you guys at on that fight? <laughs> yeah, I think like I've definitely given that some thought and that's probably partly why online I've been a little quieter with social media because I'm like, oh, like I want to stay relevant, but like in the midst of all of this being like, book me for a wedding, like we're mm -hmm. your next wedding photographer, you know, or just like asking for money in general is like super uncomfortable right now because we have to worry like, is it offensive to people like that they're trying to worry about food and we're worrying about like book a session with us. Um, right. So there's a balance, there's absolutely a balance and there's an approach to it. There's a way of doing it and there's a way of focusing in on your audience. Um, and I think that where we're at is um, we're first going to focus <clears throat> as far as like bringing in more income. Like I'm not focusing my advertisement on thinking that I'm going to book a wedding, like that I'm going to get someone to sign a contract right now though it is like some of that is still happening we're not like going to be pushing for that i don't personally feel like that's where where we need to focus right now but you know reaching out um to those that past clients future clients even for weddings um or just people that generally follow us um that we know like share our posts a lot of things that we want to make sure that like we're staying relevant with those people like hey we're here and i think it's appropriate in, in our opinion to be able to say like hey just a reminder 
like we're not a corporation <laughs> like we're mm-hmm. not walmart here you know like we this is our business and our sole income and like we definitely see that this is something that you know we none of us know what the future holds but that it's looking particularly very scary for our business and we're just asking that you do what you can to help us so if that's just sharing our post so that when people are ready to book they have seen our work and they can like you know, mark, you know, make a note like, Oh, McAnally moments, reach out to them when I'm ready like that or gift cards. Like I don't want to push a lot, but I think it's okay to say to these people that are constantly your supporters on social media or your clients, past wedding clients, even future wedding clients to remind them that this is your income, that this is your small business and that it's at risk. And that if they feel that they will want and want you know services in the future and that they can afford to now please consider a gift card to make sure that we're still able to function and operate when things do pick back up yeah and you know and if i just i think it's the way that you say it and i think it's who you address it to and how it comes off and um and i think at the end of the day it's like this is our sole income like this is all we have and at some point you know you got to get uncomfortable and it is uncomfortable just to like ask for money it is uncomfortable to advertise when the world looks like it's crumbling but you know you have to do what you have to do to make sure that you survive and that your your family survives through this and yeah we're, we're balancing that and treading that and trying to be as you know as um understanding and careful as possible but so we're speaking- definitely not going to stop Speaking of survival, just to wrap up the call, what are some of the, re- what is the one main resource that sticks out in your mind that small business owners can reach out to right now? Um, so definitely the uh, Small Business Association. So the SBA, um, two in particular that I would take a look at that I've been watching closely um, is there is a economic injury disaster loan, um, which kind of thinking of like our business and how it is designed, I think that's the appropriate sort of loan direction that we're going. Um, and then there's a disaster unemployment assistance that I, from my research, think that is an, possibly an option as well. That's not even a loan. Um, so those two things, like definitely just SBA in general, keeping a lookout. But I think it's also like a little soon to see all those resources. I know that the government's been talking a lot about, you know, coming up with small business loans or, you know, no interest or low interest and things like that. And I think as this progresses a little bit more, there will be more resources. Um, so I think just plugging in and making sure that locally and in your region, um, that you're following, you know, what's being released and also just staying connected in communities like the ones that, you know, we are a part of and, and Ty, I know that you're a part of like in our community of other small businesses. So we can all relay that information as we're seeing it. Awesome. So can last question. Can I Go say ahead. something really quick about the loans? Um, so if you do plan on getting a loan, this is something I've been talking to her about. This is especially true for the people like in the events. So um, depending how your contract is worded, if you cannot reschedule, you'll have to refund money outside of the retainer and whatever, and whatever you can factor in that you cost or whatever, like emailing and stuff. But so that would be a loss of money they have to return. Mm-hmm. And if you have to reschedule their wedding and you get that loss later on, because you're shooting their, not, not that you're shooting their wedding for free, but that new date, you can book a new client. So when you do get a loan, you have to remember, you have to, not only think about now, but also think about Good a job. year from now, like next year, if you end up booking these weddings next year to be safe, you would then have to get a little bit more of a loan just to try to like balance that out. Right. 
loans are a slippery slope. So, um, but just to wrap up the call, um, I'd like to hear from each of you guys. What are you guys doing during this time just to stay positive? Well, for me, um, we have a 16 month old who's full of joy and love and sweetness. And honestly, if it weren't for her, I don't think I'd be okay right now. <laughs> I'm getting emotional again. But I think like she is the happiness. She gives me the happiness I need now. And also like understanding that um, and trusting, um, you know, that we, we are Christians and we believe in God and I trust God in this time that, you know, he is going to provide for us and there is an end in sight. And so I focus on, you know, while, while I'm reading all of this grave information and I'm anticipating it's affecting us that I'm also focusing on, um, the happiness of just like playing with my daughter or FaceTiming my friends that I don't get to connect with often enough because I'm so busy. Um, or, you know, just, like whatever positive I can to balance that I definitely am. And I think it comes in for me personally, I I get so much happiness out of like social interaction. Mm -hmm. So doing that as much as I can is really helping me and trying to stay off that topic when I'm using that as a happy source. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Jake? So what what was the question exactly? How we stay positive? Yes. (laughs) I don't know. It's, I, I read up like daily like on this stuff and it's looking at the worst case scenario but then also knowing that it's completely out of our hands so I was telling her earlier it's like we're in a sailboat in a storm and when you're in the storm I'm pretty sure you have to bring the sail down and just like naturally ride it out that's what we're doing that's what we're all doing so you just gotta I don't know I'm very it's easy for me to like not like Jake's the kind of person that like I have a box yeah he has a box and like he can know all of this and then he's still completely himself like emotional everything is himself and like life goes on and so it's kind of really hard for me because that's so not my (laughs) style either but like he's just it seems like like his happiness hasn't been like shaken like things don't shake him the way that they shake me and so I think right now he's just trusting that it'll ride out like I'm not freaking out like even as much as I know about it I'm not freaking out it's still scary but it's completely out of our hands and but staying positive I don't know hanging out with them seeing Kaylee smile I was on the ground yesterday like going like a cow (laughs) 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 my fingers and she was crawling on all fours away from me yeah it was fun she's at a fun age so it's really hard to like be gloomy and down when like this playful like energetic child is like around you running around all day so it's yeah great (laughs) i think i think everything you guys are doing is just staying focused on what matters is super awesome i know we've been getting together as a family and just having just having open honest conversations about what we're hearing and then we're reading you know um the bible and we're reading a couple of verses and then we talk about that verse and then we just pray together and um i know this is totally terrible but i've started watching game of thrones with my son (laughs) (laughs) he's 17 and there is so many awkward parts and i'm like (laughs) there's some weird nudity in there to watch yeah so i'm like pause let's talk about this this is not not the way god planned it to be like (laughs) would you skip forward through the scene if i wasn't here (laughs) (laughs) tell me the truth are you reminding this when i'm not looking (laughs) i benched that whole show and in the final season i had to wait until the episodes came out and it killed me yeah so it's 
So I just wanted to thank you guys. I know we went way over, but there was just so much to ask and, and learn about. And you guys have so much, like a wealth of information. I wanted to thank you guys so much for taking time away from your baby girl to spend time with me and talk about such a dark, you know, a dark topic. But hopefully people feel more informed from this and they can walk away and feel like they have other resources and things they can work on in their business. Um, and it's not just doom and gloom, but it's time to reevaluate. So um, thank you guys so much for being on and um, look for this to be up tomorrow on iTunes. <laughs> All right. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys. Bye. 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 You guys, wasn't that an amazing interview with Jake and Tabitha? Let me tell you, I can say for my own self, just having weddings canceling, brides upset, and the industry in a complete huge question mark has everybody and myself stressed out. I can only speak for myself, but I choose to believe that God is so much bigger than this. He's so much bigger than viruses and the economy and people who don't want to listen and people who do want to listen. It's just so much bigger than that. And so I've been choosing to spend my time focusing on the positive, trying to focus on what matters, trying to focus on my family and how I can protect them the best that I can. And for those of you who are listening, who maybe still are not taking this virus as serious, or maybe you are, I just encourage you to continue to keep doing what you've been doing washing your hands, staying socially distant from people, maybe host meetings online with family and friends. I personally have not been able to see my mom in the nursing home. I haven't been able to hold her hand and to kiss her cheek and just see her face. And this has been very challenging for myself, my sister and my family. But I know that there is something so much bigger around the corner for us. And our main thing and my main thing is Let's support one another. Let's encourage each other. And let's get through this in one piece. Prayers to everybody, you guys. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.